Hey, KB, man, you know we don't brag on our past. We just relate. Some folks think they mistakes. Don't Good evening. Welcome to Into the Deep Talk Show. Amen. I am so excited about this talk show. We are in our fifth episode. For those who don't aren't really good with numbers or into that, number five in the spirit is represents grace. And I'm so excited about what God is doing through this show and the many guests who have come on. I'm extremely excited for our guest host on tonight. This man of God has been in my life since I was little. He's been an inspiration to me. He's been a mentor to me. He's been an example of a father husband in my life. And I just want to, if you don't know this, I just want to thank him for being a part of my life. For those who don't know who I'm talking about, I am talking about Pastor Chris Rubin. He is our guest tonight. But before we get to him, let's talk about our show real quick. Into the Deep is a new talk show in Beaumont, Texas, where we bring the word to the world so others can understand who they are while uncovering just what they can do in their life. In the end, fulfilling God's divine purpose, we expect to see terrible signs and wonders throughout the life of each and every individual who watches this episode. So I am once again Andrew T.J. Wilson, and we invite you into the deep. Amen. So now I said we have a special guest. Our guest is none other than Pastor Chris Mouton of Bond Ministries. I'm not going to introduce him. I'm going to let him say a couple of things. Pastor Chris. So we're just blessed, just blessed to be asked, blessed to be here. Really appreciate God for an opportunity to speak on behalf of the mind of God. Uh, many times the the thought process of God can be traced in the word of God and people uh, find themselves in the dark because the word of God, the word of God hasn't been taught to the magnitude where people feel comfortable uh, with accessing things with authority or mm -hmm. operating with authority simply because they didn't know God said that. <laughs> so uh, just glory, glory to God and, and, and honor to you, sir honor to the leader of this particular house and to the saints of God, blessing God for every day because his mercies are renewed daily. Amen. Amen. That is Pastor Chris. So if you if you have seen this episode, the, TV, the show before, you know what we're about to get into. We're about to get into some icebreakers where we get to know Pastor Chris just a little bit more. All right. Pastor Chris, are you ready for some icebreakers? I'm ready for some icebreakers. All right. It's three simple questions. The first question is, what is your dream or favorite vacation? Wow. Um, well, the word of God says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Mm -hmm. And uh, my character says it's always time to work. <laughs> And if we're going to take a vacation, it's because I asked my wife to push the button. So there's no particular uh, place that I can actually think of mm -hmm. that I either have not been uh, growing up. Uh, 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 growing up, Elder, I uh, 
My mother was an excellent planner. Mm. And so we went a lot of places uh, as children. I've seen uh, I've seen so many places in Europe. I've been to France. I've been to England. I've been to Switzerland. I've been to Germany, uh, uh, the tip of Austria and um, been to Hawaii. And not not to brag in a sense, probably my favorite vacation was last year we were able to go to Hawaii. I was able to bring my wife Mm. and it really wasn't a big deal for me initially because I had gone. But whether it be Hawaii or whether it be Houston, Texas, uh, my dream vacation is a vacation with peace. uh, With people getting along, Mm -hmm. enjoying themselves. My dream vacation is a drama free vacation. All right. Like that. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I didn't do this. But Pastor Chris is the husband of Leslie Mouton. We want to give her a shout out. Before we get back to the iceberg, because I just want to do this one. They have been instrumental in my life and growing up in ministry and just in my life period. They have been focal point, focal people in my life. If I needed something, God made a way for them to to help me out. And I just want to thank them. Now back to question number two. Number two is, what is your favorite movie or TV show? Favorite movie, favorite TV show. Mm -hmm. Let me move this just a little bit closer. Okay, so the first movie that comes to mind uh, is Remember the Titans. Okay. I, I I love that movie. Um, I can't watch it without it pulling some tears out of me because I believe it personifies how God wants us mm-hmm. to get along in spite of the enemy wanting us to find things to argue about. Okay. So, like, remember the Titans? That's, that's my movie. I, I can... Anytime it's on, if I'm walking in front of the television, which we don't watch a lot of TV now, but if it's on, mm-hmm. I'm going to probably sit down and watch the rest of it. Okay. All right. And the third question, third and final question. So if you had 10 minutes mm-hmm. to spend $10,000, how would you spend it? 10 minutes to spend $10,000. I'm glad that you that you didn't tell me what the questions were. <laughs> So, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have time to like really think hard on it. Mm-hmm. But 10 minutes to spend $10,000. I'm I'm like um I'm analytical mm-hmm. and I'm thought processing. So, that $10,000 if somebody gave it to me, I would see it as a seed mm. uh to turn 10 into 20 and 20 into, I mean, that would be my thought because over the course of my life, I glory to God, I'm 55 now. Some people say double grace, but I think I'm past (laughs) double grace. Uh, I think that uh, over the course of my life, I guess like many Christians, we've prayed for blessings, Mm -hmm. received blessings only to not know how to manage blessings properly. Mm. And so if you drop $10,000 in my lap, uh, my first prayer would be, God, where do you want this and how can I bring this into a place of multiplication? It would not go on shoes, suits, <laughs> soups. And, you know, I mean, it just it, it would it would have to be something that would yield mm-hmm. an income. 
or, or some type of uh, increase. All right. So speaking on that, before we get to hot and cold, hot or cold, um, for the past two weeks, God has been talking with me about stewardship. And what he's told me is that, and I think I said it on Sunday, um, he wants us, he just doesn't give us blessings just to give us blessings. He gives us blessings also to teach us to manage. Like we, we, we focus on the blessing and we mismanage the blessing. When, but when we focus on the one who blesses us with the blessing, we focus more on managing that blessing. For instance, the, um, the, the parable about the talents, how mm -hmm. he gave five, one, five, the next three, and the one, and the final one, one. Um, the, the, the first two, they managed what they got, and it came with an increase, mm -hmm. while the other mismanaged it and sold it and put it and buried it and hid it away, and he came up with nothing. So, yeah. But we will talk more about that later on in the stuff. That, 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 <laughs> I mean, that's really good. I think that sometimes if you look at that particular parable, mm -hmm. those two, the one that received five and then the one that received, I think, was three, two or three, uh, they brought an increase. But notice the one that only received one. Mm -hmm. When his master returned, his master referred to him as being evil. Right. Because he was too reserved with what he had been entrusted with. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's, I don't think, I know that there's a war against the mind of the Christian where our fingers freeze on the trigger that God wants to use to produce increase in our lives. Like where there's no vision of people perish. And so we have to be a people asking God, God, what do I do with the next release in right. my life? What do I do with the next dollar? What do I do with the next? What, what do I do with the next amount of increase you release in my life, God, so that I'm not perceived as being an evil steward? Mm. Okay. All right. So that was our icebreakers. Mm -hmm. But now it's time to get to hot or cold. Hot or cold. Now this is the point of where I give you six options. There's going to be six options. But in be, with each option is going to be two choices. You have to pick one, hot or cold. All right. And the first one is all night prayer or conference, church conference. How much time do I have? No, I'm <laughs> uh, all, all, all night prayer. Mm, okay. All night prayer. All right. The next one is Bible study or worship service. That was difficult mm -hmm. because I, I'm a I'm a teacher by I'm a, I'm just a teacher by by God's nature. Right. Uh, I love worship, mm -hmm. so like Bible study is us receiving from God mm -hmm. and sharing with the people. But a worship service, I mean, by definition, a true worship service is us interacting with God and God letting us know that we've actually hit a place where he is pleased. And so I'm going to have to go with worship service if you gave me a value system. Uh, gotcha. Now, here's another one. Prayer warrior or worshiper? <laughs> so prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. A worshiper. Let me just say this. I do not think 
that you can be one without the other. Come on. I believe the lines cross. I don't believe that we can enter into a place of God, a place of true worship. Mm -hmm. Because now, nowadays, there are so many things that we call worship that actually are not defined by God as worship. Mm. And so the mind of an individual has to be conditioned to what is pleasing to God, not what we heard. Come on. Because the scripture says, lean not unto thine own understanding. Mm -hmm. And the scripture says, put thy trust in no man. And so in order for it to be worship, then it has to be pleasing to the ears of God. David said in 2 Samuel, he said his prayer came up before God and entered into the ears of God. And so true worship and being a prayer warrior, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. I cannot worship God publicly if I have not really spent time with God privately. Uh -huh. All right. So this is, I've been asking every speaker on this one. Now, church online or church in person? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to answer that with Psalm 133. You know, mm. forsake not the assembling of the brethren. Uh, I believe that for every man or woman of God who leads any assembly, mm. there's a push in the Spirit of God right now for us to encourage the assembling of the saints. Mm. Uh, I believe that. Uh, if you ask me my preference, I love, glory to God, I love being in the house of God. I love uh, 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 settings where we come together and we praise and we thank God and we worship God and we can come into a true worship setting. Mm -hmm. We can come into a true worship setting sick mm -hmm. and leave healed. Right. We can come depressed and leave full of joy. But that internet connection is really just about it's a partial connection. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to, let me just say this, Elder, it's like uh, somebody calling you and saying, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. And somebody sending you a text message. That text message sends a message, but it's not as heartfelt right. as the phone call. That's the difference between one of the differences between uh, assembling mm -hmm. and, and meeting online. So here's what happens. Can I, can I say what happens? Mm -hmm. So the word of God says in Psalm 91 and 11, it says that God has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, so each person has been assigned a, 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 a legion or a regiment of angels watching over us to keep us in all our ways. The word of God says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Angels are strengthened according to Psalm 103. Angels are strengthened as they obey the voice of God's word. Angels are strengthened in the presence of the Lord. So when we come together, mm -hmm. when we worship and we bless God, then God inhabits the place that we are dwelling. The angels who've been watching over us are strengthened in the presence of their creator. And so they are able to war more effectively on our behalf whenever we come together as opposed to us staying apart. All right. Come on. Ooh. All right. And the final one. Mm -hmm. This is this is new. I, okay. I God gave me this one uh, for the past because we're coming up on the second Sunday, and this second Sunday is known as Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And this this show will be this show is live on Facebook, but it will put premiere on YouTube Saturday morning. Okay. So this next one is 
Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday? Oh, wow. Okay, so, you know, short answer and long answer, Resurrection Sunday. Mm -hmm. Resurrection Sunday. So the Bible tells us in the book of Hosea, it says that God says, I despise your feast days. Mm -hmm. I despise your holidays. And what he's saying is that there are, when we take a holiday and make it a day of celebration and exclude him, mm -hmm. exclude him from it, he says so much happens that disrespects him. Mm -hmm. He says, I refuse to smell in your solemn assemblies. Mm -hmm. He says, you're coming together and the uh, the gathering of these individuals is such a detestable odor to God. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say that God sees everything, mm -hmm. but God smells everything and God <laughs> hears everything and from the Godhead. And so if you ask me Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday makes Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. our Lord, our Savior, our King, our Deliverer, makes Jesus Christ and the Easter Bunny roommates. <laughs> and so Malachi tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, mm -hmm. and forever. And so if God wouldn't be roommates with Dagon, God is not looking to be roommates with the Easter Bunny. And so I believe that we can have a celebratory time. Our young people can have a great time. Mm -hmm. But let's build them with the foundation of knowing why we are coming together. It's not just about oh, the Lord just kind of stopped me. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that because <laughs> I was going to say it. OK, but but I'm going to be obedient to him. It's not just about us coming together, but mm -hmm. it's about us coming together in a manner that's pleasing to him. Amen. Amen. So that is our icebreaker in high and cold, high or cold. It, my, we haven't even got to the, to the discussion point, and it's good. Oh wow! All right. So now that we did icebreakers in high and cold, high or cold, we're going to what we call surface talk, and surface talk is talking about uh, current events that's happening in Beaumont, Texas. And this week we have three current events. The first one is. We, I want to congratulate and congratulate one of Legacy's graduates of 2017, Alexis Morris. She has gone, her team, LSU, they have, they have made number one in the NCAA championship. They won, they won it all. So Alexis Morris, we want to just congratulate you. And this is the thing. She's made history. Mm -hmm. And Beaumont's on the map. BU, BU put Beaumont on the map as well. She put Beaumont on the map as well. And the thing the Lord told me is that Beaumont has so much potential and so much impact that the enemy wants to distract the world from what Beaumont can do. So the enemy is going to bring a lot of distractions and a lot of things that's going to take away from what happened. So... God told me to continue to pray for this young woman because there are people, there are people who is going to try to deter her from doing what God has called her to do, mm -hmm. and where where and the impact Obama has. Mm -hmm. And number two, um, this is a safety note. Um, Obama is on the is viral. Obama has a viral video on TikTok. It's um, and a tourist went to the Hotel Beaumont and he videoed, videoed 
exploring it. And many people are going and doing the same thing, but all my police department has encouraged and is telling others not to do this because there is safety issues. The, the building is not safe for occupancy. So if you're thinking about going explore it, do not go explore it. Do not, do not go inside it. Think again. That brings me to our third event. BOMI is in election season. If you're not registered to vote, April 6th is the last day to register. Get out and register to vote. Voting is an important part of what we do as humans. So get out and vote. So get out and register to vote. Early voting starts April 24th. It goes all the way to the 26th. And deadline for mail-in votes is April 25th. And election day is May 6th. If you do not know who is running for election, there are many signs around Beaumont, Texas, but you also can go to Beaumont, the Beaumont website and learn who is running, learn what they're about, and learn what, the, what, Beaumont has in, what Beaumont has to come. There's a lot of things that are coming to Beaumont. There's restaurants, businesses, events that are coming to Beaumont. Beaumont isn't just a city that's doing nothing. Beaumont is a city that is bringing impact not only to the communities, not only to people, but the surrounding cities and towns of Beaumont. So get out and vote, get out and learn what Beaumont is all about. If you live in Beaumont, get to know your city. All right. You have anything to say, Pastor Chris? So just wanted to say, you know, um, there is so much that I could say in reference to the young lady. Mm -hmm. and, and and the people who put Beaumont on the map, I think that we have to um, we have to really look hard because mm -hmm. it's easy to celebrate. And I'm not taking anything from this young lady. Her story is a story of adversity. I'm not going to quit. I'm not giving up. You mm -hmm. can't. You know, I mean, so nothing, nothing from her and even from her nature. So like she's a point guard. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about sports <laughs> point guards. You, you can't make somebody a point guard. They are born with a skill set that just has to be enhanced. They see the whole floor when some of the other players just see one half of the court or one mm -hmm. quarter of the court. Uh, and so, you know, again, hats off to her. But we, and I'll just say this, we as a people have to learn to celebrate our young people who are who excel academically mm -hmm. and not just make athletics the only launching pad for our young people to do well. Um, I haven't said that, you know, on the political scene, I wouldn't tell anybody what to vote, but the word of God says that the heart of the King is in the hand of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And like the waters, he turneth it whatsoever he will at least pray. If we call ourselves Christians, God, show me who to vote for and allow us to have leadership whose heart you can actually turn because we've had callous leadership in so many different uh, decades and in, in terms of service, I'm not I'm not calling any names. I'm not pushing anybody out or trying to uh, 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 tear anyone down. Mm -hmm. But some of the things that have transpired in Beaumont should not have transpired in Beaumont, mm -hmm. and that is based upon leadership. 
some of the things that are allowed here, some of the groups that have decided that Beaumont is the place that they want to uh, operate in blasphemous celebrations. And, and they'll say that it's all about love. But 1 John 4 and 16 says that God is love. And they that dwell in love dwell in God and God mm -hmm. in them. And so if we can't attach the behavior to measures of godliness, then what we're calling love is actually not love. Right. That's it. <laughs> all right so that is our surface talk okay all right i will also i will also be getting more information about the election and those who are running if you're not a part of our facebook page or our twitter or our instagram get 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 connected with that and more information about election will be on there and i would put some stuff in our surface talk as well all right, that is our surface talk, and now it's time to take a dive into the deep. Taking a dive is where we talk about our discussion on tonight. So our discussion from Pastor Chris is the power of God. So, all right, Pastor Chris, turn it over to you. Oh, wow, so uh, <laughs> the power of God. The Word of God says that the anointing. Mm -hmm. slash the power of God destroys the yoke. And so every person deals with a level of bondage. And the word of God clearly defines and lets us know that if we're ever going to come out of bondage, then it's going to be not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. Mm. And so this brings us into a place where I'll just say this, man of God, where we have to clearly define salvation mm -hmm. and what is salvation salvation is having made peace with god salvation means making peace with god and keeping peace with god so when we get into the doctrines that suggest that um because we are of a particular race color creed or ethnicity mm -hmm. then we are automatically pleasing to god we defy the word of God itself for the word of God says he's no respecter of person. Mm -hmm. So the power of God is the power that is not only necessary to do some of the things that we thought that we've heard about in the healing of the sick and the casting out devils the, uh, in the speaking in new tongues and operating in measures of, of prophecy and, and measures of word of knowledge. The power of God is necessary in order to stay saved. Mm. And so, there are doctrines, you you know, you ask me, so I'm just going to go here, all right? <laughs> there are doctrines, right, mm -hmm. that, and, 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 and they can't be biblically proven. They'll say, well, you know, child of God, uh, uh, you know, you might have messed up a bunch of times, but once you're saved, you're always saved. Hmm. We've heard that, and that's an well, argument. But, you know, I, I, I honestly, and not for the sake of Paul says to avoid strikes over the law because they are vain and unprofitable. But I honestly challenge anybody to show me once saved, always saved in the Bible. Because the word of God says this. The word of God says, here's Paul. He says, Paul has cast out devils. He's healed the sick. Mm -hmm. God is using him in a mighty way. And he says, I die daily. Lest after I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. Mm -hmm. 
He says, I'm not a castaway right now. I'm in right standing with God, but I don't want to become a castaway. So I live a life that's respectful unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. David says this. David says, whatever you do, mm -hmm. Lord, don't take your spirit from me. In other words, these men of God who've had conversations with God, who've had intimate sessions with God, know beyond a shadow of a doubt mm -hmm. that we can live lives that are so disrespectful to God that he would turn from us. Finally, Scripture says there will come a great falling away of the church. So if we once saved, always saved, then how is there going to be a great fall in the way of the church? Now, I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm actually giving you scripture. This is what the word of God says. And so it is a trick. It is a diabolical plan. It is a diabolical doctrine. Usually the people who will say once saved, always saved, are people who are living in lives that are error to God, in error of God, and they want to convince themselves and they want to convince others that they are not separated from God. But in their heart of hearts, man of God, they actually know the difference. And that's not a judgmental statement. You and I know when we are wrong. Right. We know when we're wrong. And so the power of God is the Holy Spirit. One guy told me he taught a lesson on the Holy Spirit, and he didn't know that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost is the same person. <laughs> so let me just go here. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is the same person, the third person of the Trinity. Jesus said, I will give my spirit to them that ask. And so we want to be found asking God to fill us with his power so that we can be saved, stay saved, and yet be effective here in the earth. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> You want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay, so I'm yeah. going to keep going. So the word of God says, if you have not, mm -hmm. if you have not my spirit, you are none of mine. That's not me. I didn't make that up. That's in the King James Version. God is clearly defining that if the person doesn't have his spirit, that person doesn't belong to him. Mm -hmm. If the ministry does not have his spirit, the ministry doesn't belong to him. And so God is saying in order to be pleasing to him, and every person ought to want to be filled with the spirit of God if we are named by the name of Christ, mm -hmm. because the spirit of God gives us the power to say no. There are some things, glory to God, that I could not say no to. There are some things that I could not stop doing. Mm -hmm. There are some things in my past, glory to God, there in my past that the spirit of God, the power of God enabled me to be able to say no to. That's why I know that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes when you hear people say things like, oh, you just being holier than thou. The reality of it is we're not trying to be holier than anybody. We're just trying to be holy because God's word says, be ye holy for I am holy. Right. Yeah. I love I love how you said um the spirit helps us say no because there are many there are many times when I was drinking I tried to stop on my own. Mm -hmm. But then it came then I gave my life back to Christ. Yeah. And he helped me stop. 
Like, and when I look back, I'm like, I like, I stopped and I didn't even know I stopped. Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah. and I like, I like how you said the Holy Spirit will help you say no. The Holy Spirit will give you the strength not to even have that taste anymore. Yes, yes. So, 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 you know, so like you're saying to me that you tried to stop mm -hmm. on your own. You had an earnest desire to stop right. on your own. You tried to stop on your own. Mm -hmm. David says, my enemies were too strong for me, but not too strong for you, God. Yeah. David says, Lord, who is like thee, which mm -hmm. delivereth the poor from them that are too strong for them, even the poor and needy from them that spoileth them. And so David lets us know in the Old Testament that mm -hmm. the battle will not be won on willpower. Right. You're not going to just make up your mind and run devils up out of your life. You and I want to be, got to be filled with the spirit of God in mm -hmm. order to live in any level of victory. Come on. I, uh, and sometimes people are fighting. They mm -hmm. are fighting. They are fighting a spiritual battle. Like Paul says, you know, we wrestle not against flesh, flesh and blood. Right. He's letting us know that this is a spiritual battle. And this is why the word of God needs to be taught properly correctly mm -hmm. because let me just tell you uh, and nobody wants to be offended mm -hmm. right don't preach a gospel that's gonna offend anybody i i sit here before you i got saved in 1994 and and you know elder i didn't get like a little saved i like got real saved i'm not telling you that i'm perfect i'm not telling you i hadn't made mistakes or i hadn't done things since then but i'm telling you the consciousness that mm -hmm. god was watching everything that i was doing you know gave me an encouragement mm. that God wanted to see me make it in. Right. And that's what God wants. He wants to see us all make it in mm -hmm. because his word says it is his will that none should perish. Right. That none should perish. And so I can remember uh I can remember a time uh trying to just make life make sense of mm -hmm. life. Uh I, I was uh, I was looking for work. I couldn't find work. I looked for work in Beaumont. I looked for work I mean I looked for work all over and I was uh Oh gosh, I was 18. Mm -hmm. I was 18 years old. And uh, and I went to Houston looking for work one more. I just drove to Houston, you know, just barely got gas in my car, but I'm hoping somebody's gonna bless me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I go into a crowded place, and there's uh, the place is packed, nowhere to sit. And I walk up to a gentleman who's sitting by himself, and he says to me, uh, I, I asked him, I said, Excuse me, sir, can I have a seat? Uh, can I sit with you? He said, yeah, sure, you can sit with Of course, this was long before COVID, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so he said, yeah, sure, you can. And so I paused to bless my food, and then he asked me a question. He said, I noticed you paused before you ate. Do you believe in God? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you believe that God is your Savior? Mm. And I said, well, if he's not, nobody is. And he kind of chuckled, and, and then he said to me, he said, if I was walking down the street um, and I saw smoke coming from your house, mm. would you want me to knock on the door and say to you that your house is on fire? And I said, yes, sir. And he knocked on the table and said, little brother, your house is on fire. And he began to minister to me. He said, God loves you. He said, the devil wants to kill you. This is this. These are his words. He says, the devil wants to kill you. He said, but God won't let him. And so 
he has attacked your mind with a plan for you to take yourself out. I don't know. Somebody needs to hear that because those self-destructive thoughts can come in a person's mind mm -hmm. in the absence of God's power. And we will try to reason out, find out, figure a way out when we can pray a way out by mm -hmm. simply inviting God in. He says the devil wants you to take your own life because God won't let him touch you. Now, this is what he didn't know. And this is what nobody else knew. The night before I met this man, I had a nine millimeter pistol. Mm. I loaded it. I cocked it. I held it to my head. And I said, if I die today, I will not have to struggle with tomorrow. Mm. That was the night before I met this man. I fell asleep. I know it was God who put me to sleep. I fell asleep, man of God. And uh, I woke up and there's the pill. There's the the gun still under the pillow, still right next to my head. I didn't tap the trigger while I was sleeping, mm. but God's divine intervention, God's power, God's love for me. So all of mm. what people will celebrate in my life, my wife, my children, my family, all of what's transpired in my life was after the power of God interrupted the conversation that was going on between the devil's words and my mind. Mm. People of God, you got to be filled with the spirit of God. You got to be. And it's not about a high minded thing. It's God, I need your power. Mm. God, I need your help. My enemies are too strong for me. God, I don't know what to do next. God, fill me with your power. Turns out, uh, man of God, that that man that I was talking to was a pastor of a church over in Houston. Who would have thought hmm. that God would fill the restaurant up where I didn't have a place to sit except with somebody who would minister to me prophetically. Right. Somebody needs to hear that. The word of God says your, your, your latter days shall be greater than your former right. days. The word of God says that uh, his grace, his mercies are renewed daily. And so if you walk up, you woke up this morning, if you're hearing me, if there's breath in your lungs, the word of God says to us that let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, why mm. am I praising the Lord? Because the breath does not belong to me. And so the power of God is necessary in order for us to be effective. Man. Whew. Amen. So, so, so let me say this. What do you do when we open the church doors, when we open the church doors and we say, come one, come all. And somebody comes in with a drug habit and they're trying to kick it. Like you said, you were trying to kick. You mm -hmm. were trying to kick alcoholism. I was trying to kick suicide. You right. know, in other words, I was even, God forbid, the blood of Jesus. I was even in agreement with the plan of suicide. What do you do when somebody comes in who has deep-seated issues? And just talking to them and patting them on the back is not enough. Right. What do you do when they're in a real fight and all you got is a pamphlet? And all you got is a meal after church. Oh, my God, we need the power of God in, in, yes. in our sanctuaries. God says where two or three are gathered in his name, mm -hmm. there he'll be a God in the midst. I think sometimes, Elder, we've gotten to a place where we begin to gather, but we weren't gathering in his name. Because he said, if you gather in my name, I'll show up. He said, right. if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so if he, we know he's not in error. So like mm -hmm. I'm old enough to where we used to have those uh those little antennas on top of the television, like you know, and you had to turn 
turn the antenna to make certain that you were turning in the right direction mm -hmm. to make certain that you were getting a uh, uh, good reception. And when you got it just right, then the television screen would clear up. Right. I'm telling you that asking God to fill us, fill our churches, fill our pastors, fill our leaders. Watch this. Fill our city leaders, our county leaders, our regional leaders, our state leaders, God. Fill our national leaders and our world leaders with your spirit, God, so that we will walk in the way that you have chosen and not lean into our own understanding. The spirit of God is needed. And not just on Sunday. And not just on midweek service. Mm. Got another one? Got another question? <laughs> so, yes. Uh, this is kind of a two part question. Mm -hmm. um, so, The question that has been asked throughout the years, mm -hmm. what, what would you say about women pastors, women preachers? <laughs> okay, good. Hey, thanks for that. So uh, here's what I'd say in reference to women pastors. I have been ministered to heavily by women in mm -hmm. the gospel who operate in a prophetic anointing. Right. I will tell you this. I personally don't have a problem with women pastors, and I'll tell you why. The Bible says we're to have clean hands. Mm -hmm. And I would much rather have a woman, if I got a, a situation, uh, if I'm in a, a place of calamity where I really need to get a prayer through, mm -hmm. I would much rather have a clean woman praying for me than a clean man, despite the title. Right. Now, the Word of God does speak of a bishop. Mm -hmm. Bishop being a husband of one wife, not the wife or one husband. I think oftentimes, Elder, we get caught up in titles. And let me just tell you why we caught up in titles. We get caught up in titles because each title has a level of expectation in mm -hmm. it. And so whether we be male or female, if we don't meet the expectation of the title, then the enemy is quick because he's the accuser of the brethren wow. to let everybody know that we said we were pastors and we were not. In the book of Revelations, the word of God, book of Revelation, it says that to the church of Philadelphia, you have tried those who said they were apostles and were not. Mm -hmm. And so since the beginning of time, people have fallen short of the expectation that their titles come with. Come and so on. I think we get caught up so often looking at the title and not paying attention to the work. Mm. You know, so this woman, let's just let's just say, you know, Pastor Lady. So Pastor Lady was on drugs mm -hmm. and Pastor Lady was delivered by the power of God. And Pastor Lady started, glory to God, a prayer meeting and people started showing up. And then God spoke to Pastor Lady, you need a building. And so mm -hmm. now this Pastor Lady has got a building and people are showing up and watch this elder, people are showing up and getting help 
by the spirit of God and people getting freed by the spirit of God, by the power of God operating in this ministry because of the consecration of this woman. And mm -hmm. then somebody says somebody who doesn't need a deliverance or don't think they need a deliverance. I don't think a woman ought to be pastor. Maybe you're not bound enough. Maybe you mm. hadn't heard enough. Maybe you're not really ready to come out of what the come enemy on. has you trapped in for you to yield to. Mm who God wants to use and how he wants to use them. I don't know about you, but if my car breaks down and I need a jump start, I don't care <laughs> if the person with the cables is a man or a woman. Mm. Just get me out of this mess man. that I seem to be caught up in. No problem with women ministers. No problem with women pastors. Amen. That's just me. All right. Bring, you, you talked about the next one. You talked about the next question already, but we, we're going to go a little bit deeper on it. Mm-hmm. Titles, titles. Um, explain. Go more on the title part. <laughs> okay, so I'll start off. Uh, I'll start off by saying when we talk about titles, mm -hmm. uh, I love talking about titles. Uh, you know, as we, uh, I love talking about titles because there's an expectation right. that goes with your title. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a fireman, we expect you to be able to put out fires. If you say you're a policeman. We expect you to be able to stop crime and arrest somebody. And if you right. need to use force, then you should be trained in using force. Now, that's in the natural realm. Mm -hmm. But as it is in the natural realm, so it is in the spiritual realm. And so whenever I carry a particular title, now this is the difference. This is something that Lady Leslie and I have talked about uh, in our just time speaking. Mm -hmm. Hear me well on titles, people of God, the spirit realm knows no sarcasm. The spirit realm knows no sarcasm. The spirit realm holds us accountable for what came out of our mouths. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that the devil is waiting at the door, waiting for an opportunity to, to, to enter into. The Bible says you shall have whatsoever you say. And so when a person says that they are an apostle, mm -hmm. let's just go here because a lot of people want to be apostles. Because they think that in carrying the apostolic title, then they don't have to answer to anybody. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about true apostles. I believe in apostolic. I believe in apostolic office. I'm talking about those people who looked up and their friend was getting ordained or installed as an apostle, and then they decided they were going to be an apostle too. Mm -hmm. Whenever we say that we are apostles, then the spirit realm goes on alert and says. I got another apostle over here. Mm. So if we confess that we are apostles, then guess what? We have to be able to endure an apostle's warfare. Come on. And so if I say I'm something that I'm not, I'm not, I could be calling a measure of warfare in my life that I'm not ready for. Mm. All for the sake of being recognized. Now, where does that come from? You probably ask me where that come from. Why would anybody say they something that they're not? One is the need for recognition. Mm. The other is because they have been wounded at an early age. Mm. And so now is their opportunity to self-exalt themselves. Now they're in a position and they've assumed a title that they're not qualified. Or let me say they're not qualified at the moment mm -hmm. to carry simply because of the spirit of rejection. Now nobody's going to reject me because I'm a prophet. I'm a, I'm an apostle. 
I don't have to listen to you. You have to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So there are many self-installed apostles, many self-installed apostles. Nobody's backing their uh, apostle office, their apostle title. There are many self-proclaimed apostles, not because they don't love God, man of God, not because they hadn't heard from God to go into ministry, but they grabbed that title because mm -hmm. nobody communicated that that title is going to be held more accountable mm. than any of the other titles. I'll prove that. Scripture says teachers shall reach, teachers shall receive a double judgment. Mm. A double, In other words, if you've been ordained by God to be a teacher, mm -hmm. then he's graced you with a greater level of understanding. Right. So you can't tell God, God, I didn't understand. He <laughs> says, I know you understood because I gave you understanding concerning this particular thing. Right. So in this day, in this time, the word of God says what to us? It says, know them by the fruit that they bear. Mm -hmm. um, brings me to like pro prophecy and prophetic gifts. Every believer has access to prophesy. Mm -hmm. But every person who prophesies is not a prophet. Right. And so a lot of times in somebody, if I'm preaching, I say somebody say lazy. <laughs> in a lazy culture, where people are not praying, mm -hmm. they're not spending enough time with God, they're not even, they're not fasting to hear from God. We love the prophetic office, man of God, because the prophet can tell us something from the spiritual realm and we didn't have to labor to get it. And so we, we flock to prophetic gatherings hoping to hear a word from God, not realizing that that word is conditional. That word is conditional, like God is going to bless you, and there's almost always an if at the end of it. God is going to bless you to possess such and such if you mm. do this. And so many people have been drawn away by folks who have tremendous prophetic gifts, mm -hmm. tremendous gifts. The gift is real because the gift and the calling of God are without repentance. But all this person has is a prophetic gift. They don't have a true pastor's desire to see the people grow. Right. They don't have a true pastor's desire to see the people come out of bondage. Why? Because the longer, let me just let me just look right here in the camera. As long as you stay in bondage, I can exploit you for whatever God places in your possession. Mm. You feel like you owe me whenever God blesses you. You get a thousand dollar check and you think that you owe me 900 of it. The devil is a liar. The word of God lets us know that God will give us shepherds, pastors after his own heart, not after gain and filthy liqueur. Mm. All right. Whew. I have an example to that. Um, so 2019, 2020, 2021. Ah, cool. I had to go back. So in 2020, um, I was going to be ordained as a pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about it. I talked with Pastor Mary, and we talked about it, and we prayed. But and God said, "Not this year, yeah. not now." Yeah. And so I was talking to God, and as I'm talking to God, He says, "Because of what that was in store for you mm -hmm. when you when you get ordained, when you mm -hmm. put when you when that title is put on you." there's going to be some things that you're going to go through. Mm -hmm. And right now, 
I'm working in you to get you to there. Yes. Um, week before last, we t uh, I talked about um, the problem is beginning to the process. Mm -hmm. And many people want to skip over the problems in their lives and go straight to their purpose. Mm -hmm. They want to skip over the problems. They want to skip over the process and just go straight to the purpose. But we have to acknowledge some problems in our lives. That that's that could be rejection. That could be rejection that we had from a child. That can be some things that we overlooked. Um, for instance, uh, I talked about Samuel, mm -hmm. how he was still attached to Saul as king, mm -hmm. so he couldn't anoint David as the new king. So he had to get detached from Saul being king. He had to get uh, the. He had to detach himself from that relationship in order to build a new relationship and to fulfill his purpose to anoint the new king. I like that because God asked him a question that he knew the answer to. <laughs> he said, how long will you cry for Saul? Come on. How long are you going to cry for him? Right. His dispensation is over. How long are you going to cry for a guy that I... Now watch this. A lot of people don't catch this. <laughs> how long are you going to cry for a guy who has failed me, mm -hmm. has failed the people, and I told y'all he was going to fail before he started the job. I told you, Samuel, that I was going to give them a king after their own mm -hmm. hearts. And he would tax them and their sons heavily. I told you he was going to fail. So, right. Samuel, I need you to shake yourself and get right because I have chosen me a king after my own heart. Yes. Can I go? Can I go? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna keep going. So, so, here, so, so here's another thing. Let's talk about titles. Mm -hmm. For manipulation purposes. So let's just say God, God's desire is that we all continue to grow. We all continue right. to be right with him. We all continue to grow closer to him. And so we grow to the God and we recognize that I'm not talking about any, I'm, I'm being very generic. Mm -hmm. Let's say we've grown to a place in God where God is ministering to us and the place, the ministry we are attached to is no longer feeding what God wants to grow in us. Come on. And then God ministers to us that, hey, son, daughter, no indictment against your leader. It's time for you to go. And so they have a, a conversation with their leader and mm -hmm. they say, well, hey, uh, and I, I, I know several people this has happened to, so I'm not just like shooting in the dark. Right. Hey, pastor, thank you for all you've done for me, but God has ministered to me that my season here is up. Now mm -hmm. that's respectful. That's a whole nother topic. We need to learn how to leave churches properly Come on. because the person that you're leaving has prayed you through, fasted you through some adversity. Right. And now you're feeling a little better and you're bashing the leader that's been carrying you for mm -hmm. the last hundred miles. But when they go and have, have uh, that, that meeting with that leader, hey, my season is up. Then the leader says, well, I was just getting ready to install you as a deacon. I was just getting ready to license you as a minister. I was just getting ready to acknowledge you before all the people as a prophet and so on. So a lot of people will be manipulated mm. because they like that title. They like something attached to Ooh. their name. Let me go here as it relates to money. So God's going to bless us to build. Hallelujah. He's going to bless us to build a place where we can, where our uh, group can assemble Mm -hmm. And we can be a blessing to other folks. But you know something else? I love being a pastor without, without a building, without mm -hmm. a note. 
because I, I have the convictions of a pastor who does not care if you're offended if I'm telling you the truth. And so a lot of times we will make in our traditional churches, we'll make somebody a deacon. Mm -hmm. Now, never mind what the Bible says the requirement of the deacon is. Never mind what the Bible says the requirement of a minister or bishop. We'll make them, we'll put them in position right. because they had good jobs hmm. or they got a good retirement. And if we put them in place, we don't have to worry about them leaving and we don't have to worry about their money leaving. Let me tell you this. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Mm -hmm. His church has never been for sale and it's not for sale now. Mm. So titles have I been like used that. to manipulate people, especially people who've been walked on in, in long portions of their lives. You know, I mean, if you're listening to me now, you know, if you live a righteous life before God. Right. But you're a deacon, you're hmm. a minister. They made you well, that's what my pastor said. Hey, your pastor might just be manipulating you so that you don't leave and take your tithe or your hmm. offering with you. Yeah, that's who he said, who all right. Again, and I'll, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, as it relates to titles, mm -hmm. man of God, that title comes with a level of accountability. And so leaders who cannot be corrected are too immature to lead other folks. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. A leader mm -hmm. that the leader cannot correct. I'm not talking about embarrassing. They can't even pull you to the side and say, hey, that was wrong what you did. You overstepped mm -hmm. in it. If the, if you and I are not correctable, we're not mature enough mm -hmm. to lead other folk anywhere except a place of destruction. Uh, two points to what you were saying. Um, I heard one of my pastors say this saying, and he always said it. Go where you grow and grow where you go. Mm -hmm. he, what he was saying is go to a church where you can grow mm -hmm. and grow in a church where you can go. Mm -hmm. So that means that what he was saying is it, go to church, go to a church where you can grow. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you're not always going to stay there. There are going to be some instances where you're going to go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> I always thought he said that because it was a military, it was a military church. It was a transitional church. So that's why he said that. But when I got out the military, it really stuck. Mm -hmm. Cause go to, go where you can grow and go, grow where you go, grow where you can go and go where you can grow. Because at times, yes, you're going to grow out of a certain church at that time. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to go to another one. And what I found out about Beaumont, Beaumont's a small, it's, it's a big city, but it's a small city too. Yeah. Almost everyone knows everyone, knows someone. Yeah. And the church I started with when I first got out of the military, Church of Philadelphia, knew the pastor of Church of Promise. I'm like, okay. So if I didn't leave in a right way, accordingly, accordingly mm -hmm. that would have been some strife probably. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And number two, 
what was it? I forgot. But what I wanted to say is that there's an expectation of titles, right? Mm -hmm. But what I would always say, my greatest title is servant. Like when I was growing up, there was people, there'll be people who pops out over me and say, call me bishop or pastor. Right, right. But I always lean to servant. Like, God, how can I serve you? And with what I seen when I leaned there, he continually growing me and giving me and, and pushing me to my purpose and giving me everything I need to walk in what where he's called me. Because He's called me to the prophetic ministry. I know that. Mm -hmm. And he's called me to be a pastor and a teacher. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. When I, when I take on the title servant and I serve, wherever I'm serving gives me access into some things I need for being a pastor or a teacher. For instance, right, um, the sound team, sound ministry. Uh, when I was in Japan, people thought this was my job. I, I was really good at the sound equipment, and people thought it was my job because I, I was good at it. But I told them I only started it because I wanted to serve. Yeah. Because not that many people was, not, not like now, there's a lot of people now. But back then when I was growing up, not many people was, into sound or the audiovisual ministry. So I said, all right, God, they need they need someone to serve in that ministry. I'm available. So teach me what I need to know. Okay. So when I stepped into serving, serving, he taught me and I'm able to serve and sound and media ministry is the ministry that is always at church. You're going to need them regardless. So I'm I'm, I'm there for open and closing. So I'm there for every conference, every revival, every Bible study, every service. And I'm hearing different pastors talk and I'm receiving things from God. And God is depositing into me what I need to do for my purpose. So, yeah. Amen. So I'll I ask you a question. So if a service starts at 11, mm -hmm. what time do you usually get there as a sound man? <laughs> well... If service starts at 11, when I first started in AV ministry, in the sound ministry, mm -hmm. it was an hour, mm -hmm. uh, an hour before, 10 o'clock. But now that I've been serving Christ and in ministry long enough, I noticed that, hey, this is not just anything. This is God. This is this is where we get God's word to many people, whether it be just the mic or whether it be on streaming. So what I need to do is I need to set aside some time and pray. Mm -hmm. So now what I do is, for instance, here at Church of Promise, our service starts at 10 o'clock. So I get here like 930, 10. That way I can pray, I can get into the presence of God, and when God moves, I'm able to move with him. Because 
many people think that the ministry is just increasing the volume, lowering the volume, starting the stream, and all that. But what it is is moving with the spirit because there are times where you got to change the atmosphere with sound mm -hmm. or you got to change the atmosphere because you, you got to change the lighting. You got to change. You have to move with God because God, here's the thing. If you go into a building, right, and there's no presence of God and you start service, mm -hmm. you, you're going to start service in, with, a, with a structure, right? But then when the spirit of the Lord comes in, mm -hmm. That he, he's going to let you know what needs to be said. He's going to let you know what needs to be done. Because oftentimes here at church is we have we have a setup. We have the praise team has three song, have two songs they sing, right? But God says, okay, I have an individual in service today that needs to hear a song. It's not what you have up, but it's just going to be this song. So at times, I might have to go to YouTube and look up the song, or I might just have it up on my computer and find it and play it. And that way, they hear the song and they, and they, and they get a remembrance of God, or like, God was saying this same thing to me. God said, okay, God, this is what you're saying. So the sound media technology ministry helps usher in the presence of God, helps bring you closer to God. So, so you can't just show up here at the last minute. Right. You know, <laughs> and I just asked that question because a lot of times people think all we do is just show up at church and go in. Mm. But there is prep time and it's time with God, not just time in the books. Right. Oh, uh, you know what's I mean, what's ironic, I've been knowing you since you were a little boy. And you never really had a whole lot to say. You talk, you dodge, you know. And I'm like, well, I got to get uh, Elder Leander to interview me just to hear him talk. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is more more I ever heard you you speak uh, in 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 the years I've known you. My gosh, but no, no glory, you know, all all, all glory, all glory to God. We uh, we appreciate the fact that there are people who want to know what what does it take to be pleasing to God. I just want to know. I don't want to just take it for granted. What does it take? God, show me. You know? Amen. Amen. And with that, he asked a question, and what does it take to be pleasing to God? Oh, wow. Somebody asked that question? No, nah, you, you just asked that question. I asked the question. Oh, I question. <laughs> and I'm going to answer it. And so it's easier... It's easier to know what God, well, let me just say this. Let's start with what God doesn't like. Mm -hmm. God hates sin. Right. God has clearly defined that and no one is perfect and we all fall short, you know, of God's glory. Mm -hmm. And so a sinful life pulls a person away from being pleasing to God. Isaiah says, your sins have separated you from God. So sin is the underlying issue and the issue on the table. And that's why we as the body of Christ have to administer a word of correction. 
but also a word of love, letting mm -hmm. people know that God is just and faithful to forgive if we ask for forgiveness. And that is why the enemy has conjured up doctrines where you don't have to repent. You don't have to apologize. God knows your heart. But the Bible says in Matthew that the heart is desperately wicked. Mm -hmm. So so knowing my heart is not enough to get me into the good graces of God. The word repentance is likened in the Hebrew to the word surgery. Mm -hmm. Elder, I must be willing to pinpoint as the Spirit of God brings to my remembrance what things that the enemy would hold against me in court. Mm -hmm. He is the accuser of the brother and day and night. Lord, bring to my remembrance. So like you could say, like somebody will say generically, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. Right. But then that mindset shifts. And they're like, Lord, forgive me for stealing Mm -hmm. The zebra cakes. Forgive me for stealing, you know, out of the grocery store. Lord, forgive me for doing where you pinpoint what because it's uncomfortable, right? right? It's uncomfortable for me to actually say what I did that displeased God. Amen. And so that's true repentance. True repentance is really calling that thing mm -hmm. out. You know, God, I was wrong when I went over there. God, you told me not to go over there. God, please forgive me for going right. over there. But when people say, well, all you got to do is ask God to forgive you. It's not that simple. Come on. Because the, because the prophet says, pray ye mm -hmm. that God would give you meat for repentance. Meat means substance. Mm -hmm. There has to be some substance to my apology. Has anybody ever apologized to you and you know they really didn't mean it? <laughs> and yeah. behold, God is not mocked. Mm -hmm. He knows if we mean it or not. God, give me the heart of repentance. So that I can be pleasing to you. Yes. And this is God been giving me this lately. Um, salvation isn't the end goal, it's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when salvation is where we where we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. it's just the beginning, just the beginning of what God is about to do in our lives. And I love it because God is moving in my life. He, mm -hmm. he said, Go ahead. Because salvation, the enemy wants us to believe salvation is it. That's all we need. Yeah. A one-time thing, right? One-time answer. All you gotta do is say, "Jesus <laughs> is my Lord and Savior," and you're gonna be all right. You gotta mean it. I have to mean it. But the thing is, we have to we have to receive salvation, but we also have to commit our lives to Him, because the desires of He will give us the desires of our heart, mm -hmm. right? But we have to commit our lives to him mm -hmm. because when we commit our lives to him, what he does is he goes in and chips away those things that are not like him mm -hmm. and builds us up and to be more like him. And the, the desires of our heart becomes his desires. So, yeah. Yeah. Salvation is a change of heart. Right. Excellent. So. Oh, I did not know we was that. <laughs> I did not know it was going that long. But we are going to have Pastor Chris on another time for part two. Don't worry. 
but we are so excited to have them a part of Into the Deep, and we're so glad for y'all to tune in and listen. We do hope that you heard something that made you believe, that made you turn away from your sins and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you would like to know how, guess what? You can put it in the chat and we will get in contact with you and deliver it and tell you just how to. So just that, we want to thank you for tuning in. And Pastor Chris, can you close us out in prayer? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your voice, that the blood of Jesus Christ and your voice yes, would be Lord. louder than every other voice. We pray, Lord God, that you would turn our hearts towards you, not just one of us, but all of us. And in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray that our understanding increase and we operate yes, in the Lord. way that you have chosen for us to go, that we would hear your voice and another we would not follow. In Jesus' name, we pray for world salvation. And we pray, Lord God, that all those who've been um, wrongfully convicted and incarcerated would be made free. Yes, and all of those, Lord God, who have been abducted and or being human trafficked, Lord God, we pray that you would shut it down, Lord God, from the spirit realm. In Jesus' name, we pray for the oppressed. Let's go, let's go. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Let's go, let's go.